Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being a part of this uh, part of this show. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for downloading. And uh, in advance, thank you very much for subscribing, for liking, for reviewing. Um, this show needs, uh, needs, obviously, like any podcast, it needs all the exposure that it can get. And that comes from all of you. So uh, the fact that you're here, you're listening, you're downloading, that means a lot to me. So thank you so much. And I also just want to keep, uh, uh, just kind of reiterate what I had spoken last week, uh, my very vague little lead into what is happening on the beginning of April for Excelsior Journeys and for a series of other shows that are going to be a part of something very special. And so this is my, my way of just saying, keep an ear out for what is coming up in future weeks, because there's a lot happening in the world of Excelsior Journeys and the shows that surround it, just saying. Now, um, I've spoken a lot about Facebook on here. Uh, it's obvious that a lot of, a lot of people that I know um, they all come from Facebook. They're either friends that I know just through Facebook or people that I have known throughout my life. Some of my best friends, people from, I mean, you've heard the earlier shows. It goes all the way back to elementary school for myself and Mark Fratto, my second guest. Um, but I haven't really dived into the world of Twitter. And I look at Twitter as basically the world's largest cocktail party. And when you are out there, you have a drink in your hand, you're mingling, you're having fun. The one thing you don't want to do is basically just kind of throw your business card at anyone in reach because you're going to wind up turning them off. Just think about that moment in, uh, in real life. You have a drink in your hand, you're walking around, you're mingling, you're saying hello to people, you're being uh, very uh, conversational. And then all of a sudden, just someone kind of butts in and sticks a business card like right on your face. That's basically what happens a lot with Twitter. Anyone who gets a direct message from an author just saying, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. That's kind of how it is, unfortunately, too often. I kind of shy away from doing that sort of thing. What I like to do is I like to open up with conversations. I like to kind of uh, just chat with people. If they followed me first, I want to thank them for following um, I'll take a look at their profile, obviously, to see if they are a legit person. Um, things like that. One time about, I want to say like about a year ago, I came, uh, I logged onto Twitter, just like any other day, and I noticed that there was somebody new following me. And when I clicked on it, I saw that there was a woman uh, from Canada who is a painter, and her name was Lisa Penz. And I was very, very much taken by everything that I saw because I saw someone who is literally doing Twitter right. What they're doing is they're spreading the word about things that they're doing, but they're doing it, but she's doing it in a very 
um, very fun, interactive way. He's obviously posting a lot of pictures because she is a painter and showing off like a lot of different sides of her work, both the abstract work that she has done and the very awesome uh, Disney inspired work that she has done. And that sort of thing definitely took me by surprise. It was just the fact that someone out of nowhere with this kind of talent, with this kind of uh, social media footprint is all of a sudden following me. And so when that happens, someone is basically coming up to say hi to you. What do you do? You say hello back. And so that's what I did. I went ahead and followed her in return. And um, throughout the year, we've been able to have just, you know, like little, not full on conversations, but at least keep in touch here and there. And seeing her work, seeing how she evolves, uh, she has evolved as an artist during the year that I've known her. I knew that she was going to be a slam dunk for uh, to to approach to be a guest on this show. And thankfully, she accepted. And here we are tonight. So it is my pleasure to introduce to you uh, artist, painter, extraordinaire, uh, Lisa Penns. Lisa, how are you? Hi, George. I'm well, thanks. And the pleasure's all mine. Uh, thank you so much again for, for being here. I really appreciate it. So it's just a thrill to see all these people of such talent agreeing to be a part of this show. That really means a lot to me. So thank you so much for, for being here. Um, so I'm curious to know, like, what was it that um, all of a sudden spurned you to, to follow me in the first place? I'm curious about that. I think that you do a really good job with your um, Twitter profile and expressing your personality and that just really shone for me. And uh, yeah, you just look like someone that I'd like to get to know and be friends with and um, would like to continue to know more, really. Excellent. Excellent. I'm, I'm, very, I'm happy to see that I'm doing something right here. So <laughs> I will definitely take that and run with it. Um, yeah. So I've asked you know, my guests here before. What I am really curious about is that what I call the lightning bolt moment. What was it since, uh, since you are um, an artist and a terrific one at that? I am curious to see like, what was, what was that lightning bolt moment for you? What was it that made you say, I want to do that. I want to paint like that. I want to express myself like that. What was it that really got you in that direction that you're on right now? It happened about, uh, I'd say, 10 years ago. I was working as a graphic designer for a fashion magazine in Brisbane, Australia. Oh, wow. And yeah, and one day I, I, I left work and I began the long journey home, which consisted of a bus ride, a boat ride, and a very long walk. And as I was uh, <laughs> approaching uh, the last leg of my journey, a long walk, it was very hot. It was uh, summer in Australia at the time in Queensland and um, mm -hmm. I came upon a furniture store and there was a sign outside that said uh, art opening and I thought mm. wow this will this this looks amazing I'm exhausted but I know they will have air conditioning there you go <laughs> so, <laughs> so I proceeded to go inside and when I walked into that store um, I walked out a changed person really and I saw the most beautiful paintings that I had ever seen in my life. And they were situated in a circle and there was furniture, gorgeous like furniture between them. They're all on easels and it was portrait work. Um, it was very contemporary. 
uh, a little bit um, graphic novelish, uh, and it was just it was beautiful. Each one I stood in front of, uh, I was just shocked what I saw, and what I saw was myself. Hmm. I saw myself looking back at me. And uh, even though each female portrait looked very different and the colors were, um, it was mostly black, but uh, there were a lot of different colors going on. I, I felt, um, I felt that I wanted to share this feeling with other people. And uh, I was, I had always drawn from a very young age and I, I, I just knew that I could, I could do something similar and I could share that with others so that they could experience this magical feeling that I experienced that day. That's amazing. That is so cool. So you said that you were, you were in Australia. What, was. Um, what was it that, what was it that got you over there? Cause you, uh, you grew up in Canada, correct? I did, uh, here in Vancouver. Well, yes. I had a really interesting opportunity to work in Australia because my boyfriend at the time was a producer for EA Sports. And no so he kidding. Was working, yeah, so he was working on a video game. So it was actually a video game. Oh, wow. Uh, a first-person shooter that <laughs> took, took me to Australia with him. And I was very lucky because uh, he negotiated that I would get a working visa, the same he had. And mm-hmm. so I was able to work wherever I wanted and travel. And I was hesitant to leave. Uh, Vancouver because I had just been, um, I was very young. I was 20, 22 when I left and I was mm-hmm. an art director of the second largest publishing company in uh, Western Canada. So I was really, wow. I was, I was really serious, uh, yeah. very, very serious about my job. And I, and the deal was that I would work on my career as well. And yeah. then I, I mean, I left Australia painter. So right. <laughs> I guess I did. Yeah. Work on my career. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, since you're, since you're from Vancouver, I just want to, just want to interject really quickly and just say, um, cause I've, I've spoken with people from Vancouver before. And, uh, especially when I worked at top of the rock at the rock, um, the observation deck at Rockefeller center. And I've asked oh. them, um, you know, just told them that, uh, Yes, I am a New York Rangers fan, and uh, have, have you forgiven us for 1994? And they always say no. No. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> oh, Mark Messier. <laughs> yeah. That w- <laughs> I, yeah, it, it is what it is. <laughs> no, we've never, we've never forgotten. And, we've, yeah. and uh, we came close once to winning the cup again, and... Uh, we're just holding on. I just, I want them to do it for my dad, really. <laughs> I just well, want I, him to see them get a cup. Since you're, spe- since you're speaking yeah. of dads, you know, like my, you know, like when the, Ra- when the Rangers won game seven, that was the first time that my father and I were able to celebrate one of our championships in the same room. And that's only happened one other time. Oh and, uh, yeah. That was when the, uh, when the Yankees won game four of the, of uh, the 99 world series, that was, those are the only two times that a New York team, one of our teams, um, you know, Giants, Yankees, Rangers, Knicks, the only time that they had a championship and we were in the same room to celebrate it. It's only happened twice. And That's, the, wow. And the, the Rangers won, you know, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not giving it back because <laughs> uh, that was that just happened to be a very good week because the very next day I graduated high school. So. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so that softens the blow for me a bit, at least. (laughs) Okay, yes. 
uh, to be and to be fair, like I was I was rooting, you know, for you guys to get it the next time around because I know how passionate the Canuck fans are and I want I want to see them celebrate. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's how my father learned English, really. My father uh, moved from Vienna, Austria to Vancouver. He migrated here and uh, he didn't know a word of English, but really he liked this thing called hockey. So between my mom teaching him and uh, yeah, he, he just, he loves, he loves the hockey. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's almost, it's almost like the, uh, the character in better off dead who learned how to speak English by listening to Howard Cosell. And just, Oh, fascinating. <laughs> oh yeah. The, um, it just, uh, that was the first thing that popped in my head. I'm sorry. Um, but, um, <laughs> but that, but that's terrific. And fu- and it's funny about, um, I remember, I remember I, was wondering just you know as as uh, as we in America you know tend to do is just like what is it about hockey that grabs Canadians so much and um I heard an interview from Bret Hart actually mentioned that uh because Canada is so cold so often uh you know everyone likes to go in indoors to experience sports so that's why hockey is so popular that's why wrestling is so popular and I was just like, it blew my mind. It was just like, that's so simple. It's like just going inside. It's, I get it now. Um, so yeah, a lot of there's, yeah, we get good at a lot of those kind of things where yeah, you constantly have to go inside and entertain yourself. But um, yeah. I like I like the smell of an ice rink and I like the sound <laughs> of the puck sliding and hitting, you know, the wall. I don't know. It's very nostalgic for me growing up with it. So that's awesome. That's. That, that is fantastic. So, um, so you were, so you're growing up in Vancouver and you said that you got into graphic design. Now, what was it that uh, kind of spurred that? Was it just something that you started doing and realized that you had the affinity for it? I was always attracted to the arts, but, um, my father, uh, my, my upbringing was incredibly traditional and it was um, very structured, my father being quite traditional from Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I'm, I mean, going into, say, something like painting or the arts or acting, it wasn't so much as discouraged as it was forbidden. Mm-hmm. So I, I figured um, I wouldn't even even enter- entertain art. It, didn't, it wasn't even a thought in my mind. So I thought something art-related could be the graphic arts and I absolutely love branding and have, I definitely have an affinity for advertising and I still do logo design. I do the occasional branding. Really? Brand Branding. Oh yeah. I, I did a, I did a really cool uh, logo design over Christmas and um, yeah, it was, it was fabulous. So I still, I still absolutely love doing that. But yeah, the reason why um, was generally because I knew that I couldn't, I knew that, uh, yeah, it would disappoint him greatly if I went yeah. into the arts, which it has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, um, so, so you get so you got into graphic design that led you over to Australia, like we were saying before, and yes. then you hit found that moment in Australia, and when you came back, how was how long was that trip back? You know, like when um, when you decided that was what you were going to do. Uh, when I came back to Vancouver, when I yeah. returned to back home, uh, it yeah. was probably about, I'd say a year and a half, but I was, I was, deter- I was over ambitious and 
the day I saw that show, I thought to myself, how can I have a show myself? Not let alone, how can I teach myself how to paint? I had yeah. a show within, I had a solo show and taught myself how to paint within six months of seeing that show. Wow. Yeah. I painted a whole show. That's... Yeah. That was, that was my first show. <laughs> wow. All right. So, um, so, so this is this is where you know like some really good details would be uh, would be great for not only for the listeners but also for me. Uh, when you say a show, what exactly consists of it? You know, like what's the because um, I know that like you know some people have seen seen them on TV or in movies and everything, but uh, take us through what an actual show consists of. What what needs to be done to put it together? This was this was an art exhibition, I probably, looking back, I probably should have joined forces with other artists and perhaps joined a gallery group show, which is what, which is how a lot of artists get their own start. Mm-hmm. But I, I really wanted, I just, I just really wanted my own show. So yeah. I, I knew I needed, I, I knew I needed around 12 paintings. Mm-hmm. So I had a goal. So I first I set the goal and I started drawing a lot. And um, I started shopping around for different canvases, paint qualities, and uh, just started experimenting. I, I believe I had a week off with that magazine job. I had a week off during the month. So mm-hmm. I would use that week and every day to focus on the next painting, you know. And then I, when that was done, it was the next painting. So uh, while simultaneously I made connections with different venues, and once I secured a venue, which was a gorgeous um, sort of restaurant and events venue on the Brisbane River, I knew it was a beautiful location and it, was, it had enough wall space. So I did have to go around looking at walls. And um, I, I really didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I needed walls and I needed somewhere where people could go. I needed paintings and I needed promotion. Right. So. I also wrote my own copy and wrote my own um, uh, press release <laughs> and sent it out to various publications. And uh, I, I had a really great response. And so I, I received some uh, yeah, advertising in newspapers and magazines and uh, did a few photo shoots. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's, that's how it got rolling. Wow. That's... It, it's it's very similar actually to authors that are coming up because it's very beneficial for authors when they're when they have a signing uh, to not just have it on their own but also like you said to have you know a couple of different authors to do it with them so that way that kind of opens things up and you know um, allows everyone to kind of tap into their own followers and get more people through the door so yeah that's it's very similar to uh, to what you know, what authors have, uh, have to do with, but, um, how long did it take you to get your, do you remember how long it took to get your first painting done? Like the one that you were actually considered that this was going to be one of the 12. I had a lot of, um, really good, uh, energy and drive with that first one. And I happened to be on a holiday in Western Australia. I was, um, diving in the Ningaloo reef and it was absolutely gorgeous. So the time, the momentum, and uh, just just that you know that holiday energy um, was really helpful. And it took me probably I'd say a week 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, a week and um, going back and forth and making changes and revisions and and just um, it came together nicely though, probably because I was on holiday and maybe because I was a little bit more free mentally. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, nice. and then it just snowballed. So then I made another one, and then I came back home in Brisbane, and then I made, uh, and then I made the rest of them. And it, yeah, it was it was just so much fun. It was they were all different colors, and yeah, I so, it was incredible. So were they all like um, like different? Did um, this may this may sound like a stupid question, but um, did was it where one painting tied into another and another and another, or were they all just standalone paintings, all 12 of them? They were all standalone paintings, um, mm-hmm. but they were all different. They were all different portraits and standalone, but the style was very, the style is what, what uh, thematically held them together along with the fun color palette. Okay. So they can, so they all really kind of mesh well with each other, but at the same time, when people are buying them, you know, they can buy that one and they wouldn't be missing anything, you know, if they just brought, brought that one home. Correct. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That is so cool. So with, um, so how did it feel like once you, um, once everything was set up, did, um, once all the paintings were up on the walls, once, uh, you had the, the venue, you know, selected and everything was, was going, what was that feeling for you for that first show that you had? Uh, I think perhaps it was pure terror <laughs> <laughs> when I saw people coming and um, I didn't know what to do with my body mm-hmm. because it was, it was like it was me and my story on the walls. And uh, I'm also an actor. So as an actor, when you're playing a role, like, there's like you you're comfortable I feel you're more comfortable in your body because you know what to do because you're sort of assigned a character yeah you have your script and you've been able to memorize it and you're not stumbling over words trying to say what you want to convey because it's already there so right and and you might know the way you walk or your body posture or just idiosyncrasies and so I felt I felt more confronted as myself than yeah when I do when I'm acting in front of an audience Mm-hmm. So it, that was new. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I definitely know that feeling. So, wow. Yeah, and so. I'm an introvert. So it was, it was, it was just, it was terrifying. It was exhilarating at the same time. And I was just, and to this day when it happens, I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful when, mm-hmm. pe- when I see people I love show up and people, yeah. you know, it's like that, that they took the time out of their day or their night. Uh, you know, you can do any, they could be doing anything and that they came and uh, that's that's the greatest gift for me. That that really is. I definitely know what you, what you mean on that with that. So, um, so you had your first show, and how far um, how far back was that? You know, like in terms of uh, uh, date. That that was, I guess, almost ten years ago now. Yeah, so wow. I've been painting for I've been painting for about yeah just over ten years. That's fantastic. That's so cool. Um, so. So you had that first show, and it was obviously a success, correct? You know, yes, like it, it was wonderful. Yeah, and so that did that was that what you know drove you to you know want to get another show going? How long did it take you between shows to um, to get another another set you know like uh, up and running? 
perhaps a few months later, I found another venue and I put up, uh, like it wasn't, um, it wasn't, uh, like a formal reception type of, um, of an event, but I, I did do another show and I did a few other group shows in Brisbane before I left to come back to Canada. Mm-hmm. And then once I came back here, I believe that I was struck with style, more stylistic choices. And I'm, I learned a lot from, uh, being in a, being in a different place. Um, mm-hmm. and it was sort of shocking to come back after being away for so long. And, um, I was looking, I was looking at different styles in Vancouver and I was painting to the market where I've since learned you should just be painting what you want to paint. Right. So that, that tripped me up for a few years that, that I wasn't pure and I wasn't listening to my own intuition. And I was just, I was, I was painting. I was like, Oh, okay. Like abstracts and style. Now this kind of tone and this color and floral people like floral people like mountains, people like wildlife. So I was just trying to follow trends because I wanted to make a living at it. And I wanted to paint what people wanted to see. And yeah. so I was considering, I, I feel like it, I was considering audience too heavily. And so I forgot, I forgot about myself. Who is like the main audience that you really, at the end of the day, you really have to please, you know, the audience of one, which is you, you know, that's, that's something with, uh, with art, that's something with, with writing. That's basically like any art form. If you are not true to yourself and what you're doing, then the work itself is going to suffer because you're not putting everything into it. You know, it's, um, yeah. it's something that, that, uh, that a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, you know, kind of realize and some of them maybe too late, you know, like, um, and then they're able to kind of turn things around and be able to create something with passion, which sounds like that's, that's what you were able to do. You're able to kind of write that ship. So um, what was that, when you were, uh, when you finally were able to kind of break away from that following the trend mold, what was that first show like when, uh, when it was back to being just you and your passion? It was, yeah, it was absolutely incredible. But for me, I prefer the, I prefer painting. I prefer the process than the, the show, the openings exhibition. I actually don't enjoy them. Really? I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy, um, the glamour per se or the, mm-hmm. the photographs or the, the reception. I, I don't enjoy that at all. It's strange. Really? Cause from yeah. what I see on social media, it seems like you're having a blast. You're, you know, you're enjoying yourself. It looks like, uh, uh, there's you know, a lot of people that are there to, uh, to celebrate with you and everything. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I, I get it. You know, like it's, it, it is very freeing to, just be able to cast everything aside and just have you and the art form that you're doing, you know, just, um, how is, how is that, how is that feeling, uh, for you just to kind of like reiterate my last question, uh, when you got to do your first painting after the whole trend following, what was that experience like? It's hard to remember the very painting because I experimented with many different styles, techniques, which, which it, you know, it all has worked out into creating my style today. And so mm-hmm. I feel I'm a more skilled artist, but, um, I, I had, didn't realize a years ago that painting and being alone and by yourself with the work, that feeling of joy in the moment of when you're working 
-hmm. is not the same when you put on an exhibition yeah. and like, yeah. And it's like wonderful to, to see, um, friends and people and have a good time but it's just I guess what I was getting at is it's not it doesn't feel it doesn't feel artful per se mm. I don't know yeah it's hard to yeah. describe oh yeah you know like it's it's, an, uh, it's another thing yeah like I I get it when you have that sort of breakthrough um when you're working on something that rush is it's it's a drug you just want to you know keep going after it more and more and more so um I, I definitely it understand is a drug yeah and so, um, you, um, so you, you said that you have, you know, worked with all these different styles. Um, the one style, um, I, I, I would, I guess I would, would call it, um, which is what really kind of caught my eye. Cause it was the first, uh, it was the first picture. I'm trying to remember which one it was, but it was a Disney one. Um, and mm -hmm. so what brought you to, I, obviously everyone, you know, loves Disney. What was it that made you decide that you wanted to, I, I don't want to say, let, you know, like, uh, you know, tribute them or emulate them or, you know, um, create something in honor of, of them, you know, just what the kind of work that you do is fantastic. So, um, mm -hmm. so thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love, you know, like, I absolutely love like all the Disney related stuff that, uh, that you've gotten here. And, um, so Tell us what was, what was that like when you were able to kind of go in that direction? Oh, whenever I paint Disney, it always feels incredible. Um, and especially when I can mix disciplines, I love animation themes with my abstract style. Mm -hmm. So that to me is just, is just a dream. And if I can keep, can keep on doing that, I will. I just, I just love creating those images, um, but I believe Disney in North America, Disney happens yeah. to everyone, really. Oh, but yeah. For me, what it came, it came, uh, what was very impactful was um, just being uh, a child at the time of the Disney Renaissance period mm. when the Little Mermaid came out. Oh, yeah. And so when I, when I saw the Little Mermaid, it really did uh, impact me. Um, the gorgeous line work of Glenn Keane, the music, mm -hmm. you know, um, was just, it just, it, uh, it was the best thing I'd ever seen. And maybe it's the best thing I'll ever see. It's a movie of mastery. And so the same year that I saw the Little Mermaid, I actually went to the Disney parks for the first time. Oh, no kidding. And, um, so that it was a, it was like a double whammy of Disney for me um, because I would like, it was incredible. So I would um, watch the little mermaid and I would pause scenes um, mm -hmm. of part of your world and I would take out my sketchbook. And that's why I taught myself how to draw was actually the little mermaid and pausing and drawing stills of Ariel. And so going to Disneyland in that same year um, was, was unbelievable. So I think that I've never forgotten that. And being so young and coming from a very structured family, I was, as a child, I was put to bed quite early. And so being out in Disneyland was my first memory of seeing night for the first time. Oh, wow. um, watching the electrical light parade with my mom, I was able to stay up later. So I felt that we were in this magical world where my parents were very happy and, um, and it was just so relaxing and yeah, to see something magical like the night 
with those gorgeous lights. Um, you know, the juxtaposition of that was incredible. And um, so that's where my Disney origins, my family folklore <laughs> lie. Yeah. And so I've always, I've always had that. But a trip to Disney, I hadn't gone in a very long time. And a trip to Disneyland, perhaps it was five years ago, um, I came across Wonderground Gallery in downtown Disney. Mm-hmm. And I saw that there were independent artists there uh, creating pieces that were inspired uh, by Disney and by their own personal style. And I was actually encouraged by Disney Imagineer Larry Nikolai to start creating um, my own style uh, and uh, pitching it to Wonderground Gallery and uh, artist Randy Noble, who is in Orlando. He's been a wonderful uh, mentor, dare I say, for me with my style and just uh, he follows my journey as well. And he's been very encouraging. So that's how my Disney pieces came to be. That's amazing. Just getting that sort of like endorsement really from, from them. That's, that's terrific. So was the, um, was Ariel the first uh, Disney painting that you, that you finished or was that, or was it a different one? Ariel, I think will always be the first and be the last. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I just I just I've drawn her my entire life. So um yeah, I just I just enjoy drawing her so much. That's that's amazing. That's so cool <laughs> that you were able to get to to get Disney involved as well. Like that's that's definitely living the dream. And kudos to to Disney themselves for actually putting that kind of um that opening out there for well, for them. Yeah, they were great. I mean, uh, Disney, not not Disney necessarily, but Disney, you know, artists and Imagineers of Disney are so incredibly supportive. The Disney community is wonderful. And um, thank goodness for for social media and for those those wonderful artists putting out their work and everyone sharing their stuff and just being accessible. And um, yeah, it's been it's been wonderful. Wow. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today. Yeah, so the um, so you have the Disney side, um, but you also have the abstract side, which is also, you know, very, very striking, very, you know, very beautiful work. Um, Thank so you. Was, was that always something that you, you know, like really wanted to focus on or was there... Uh, you said before that you were doing portraits, you know, to for your uh, your first few shows. But um, 
what was it about the abstract work that really kind of grabbed you? Was it like a particular color? Was it a particular um, uh, form of the, I, I, I almost feel kind of stupid, you know, like even asking just because like, I, I don't have an art background. No. Um, but, uh, but I'm just curious to see like, what, uh, what was it that brought you to that, that form? Yeah, that's a great question because it is so, it is so night and day with a portrait work. It is such, yeah, it's, it's a completely different thing. And what was happening was I was in conversation with an art agency uh, who, who supply work for luxury hotels around the world. And I was in conversation with them for uh, several months. And so I was submitting to them my portrait work and they were having a look at all my figurative work. And they said, they felt that the portrait work was very specific and it was incredibly uh, provocative and edgy. And they wanted to see, they were looking at the backgrounds beyond the portraits and they said, can you do a painting of just the background? And I said, just the background, just like, like empty. And they said, yes, we love your brush, brush strokes. Can you experiment with that? So off I went and that developed over the years into a specific abstract style and an appreciation for abstract art that wasn't there before. Mm. Yes. Uh, at, um, and, you know, just thinking of like abstract art makes me think of like the opening of Fantasia, the Takata and Fugue and how, you know, like that was so, you know, playing so much with abstract and the beginning of Fantasia 2000 using the, um, the opening with uh, with Beethoven's Fifth, you know, same sort of thing. Were those did those play a part as well? In uh, since it is, you know, so they are Disney related, but at the same time they have like an abstract bend to them. Do you think that those also kind of played a part in um, in inspiring you? I haven't seen. I have not seen those, so I really? have to say no. But I really want to now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll. I'll be the first to say Fantasia was my. You know, is my all-time favorite Disney film. Um, that's. Um, just. I love that. Some, something about it. It just. You know. Just really. I think it's because I know of the behind the scenes of it, uh, because I know. You know, like that. Uh, and in fact, if you get the, if you get your hands on the DVD. Um, for both Fantasia and Fantasia 2000, there are two terrific um, uh, making of featurettes on them, especially with the first one, because the first one really mm, kind of I haven't, yeah into, into um, um, what drove Walt to want to make this in the first place and the painful steps that he took to get to make it a realization. And it's really something special, you know, so um, just... Seeing that, I would recommend kind of like seeing that, even though like you're not really going to spoil anything um, by watching that because it does feature clips during that. But uh, but what it what it does is it gives you a a good my a good um, look into Walt's mindset to see what he was really going for, and then watching the film unfold is it, it's a, it's a it's a true delight. It's uh, for any Disney fan, wow. I highly recommend both of them. So yeah. I haven't. Uh, it, it's the 2000 that I haven't seen. So oh yeah, I will have oh, to. I I saw. I was uh, I was fortunate enough to see Fantasia 2000 at the IMAX on 68th and Broadway, and this was, you know, like the true. This is a true IMAX theater. So the screen was was huge, and it was an IMAX. Um, it was an IMAX format that they played it in. So it was covering the entire screen, and the very end of it. 
really like had me just like teared up. It was, it was really something. So, um, yeah, highly wow. recommend uh, Fantasia 2000. I had a real, I had a real blast with that. And my God, the Firebird suite at the very end, just, it, it had me in tears. It really did. Um, so, but, uh, but enough about me, let's get back to you. So, um, <laughs> so you said as well that you also were, uh, are also an actor. So, um, how long have you, how long have you been uh, pursuing that? Well, first came music. I, uh, growing up in, uh, the church that I grew up in here in Vancouver, where there was a lot of choir, um, I always was, I've always taken private boys lessons and I slowly started to go into musical theater as a hobby. And my mom loved to take my sister and I to theater shows growing up. So there's just something about the stage and, uh, still, it's, I absolutely love musical theater. And, um, so I think that I decided to get an agent, uh, during one of my theater shows, maybe five years ago. And, um, and I thought, well, let's see how this works for film and TV. And it is a very different style of acting. It's yeah. a different animal altogether. So I've only been doing that for a few years. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so different. It's, it's, it's a craft for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, it, was, it was a real joy to be able to, um, to study it in you know especially in new york um but uh, at the same time it was it it, um i actually um i had gotten into the the main theater department but i did not get into the the bfa acting one which is like one step up and when i auditioned for it a second time and i still didn't get in it turns out that it wound up being a blessing in disguise because being able to stay in just like the general theater department with a concentration in acting that allowed me to fill up my um, my schedule with other classes that I obvi- that I wouldn't have taken if I was in the BFA acting one, and so I got mm. to do a lot of more writing classes, and that's what really kind of made me fall back in love with writing, mm. and kind of led me on the path that I'm on right now, and so um, so yeah, I uh, th- yeah theater theater and I go you know go away back as well, and I'm. I'm I'm always thrilled to see uh, um, to be able to talk with people that have been able to continue to pursue it in uh, in in some way. So, um, with another thing that I've seen, you know, you know, quite a bit on your profile is <clears throat> is also the cosplaying that you do, as I've seen, like um, um, you know, like I've seen uh, you dress up as Lara Croft. I've seen you dress up as Poison Ivy. And um, was that just for Halloween or is that going for like different uh, conventions or whatever? Do you? <laughs> I was going to say cosplay. I didn't know I did that. I'm just being myself. <laughs> really? No, no, that's it's and it's good stuff, too. So that's uh, that's definitely. Oh, I love it. If I yeah. had if I had more time, I think. And if I had more patience uh, because I'm a perfectionist, I think I would put together costumes uh, more often. Yeah. Now, now you're making me think about it. Yeah. It's, it's so much fun to put together a look and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's just dynamite. I love doing it. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, the, the Lara Croft one came out great. So I was, Oh, that's so great. I only did it that one, that one time I should have it, I have it in my closet. I should, I should bring her out again. Yeah. That yeah, was a why lot not? of fun. 
Yeah, oh, definitely. I love it. I love Tomb Raider. That's so great. And uh, I've never done, never done any conventions before. Um, I I don't know what that experience would be like. It's um, thankfully um, because because of uh, because of recent years they've kind of uh, they've kind of reined in any sort of like bad behavior by a lot of uh, by a lot of convention uh, goers. Oh. Uh, try yeah, it's it's a it's a it's it's a really stupid element that comes with uh that comes with any sort of fan base really you know it's just that um that uh the people that insist that everything has to stay just as it was when they first became a fan and for a lot of these a lot of these guys when they became fans and going to conventions they they were like you know the likes of them were the only ones that would be there and as years passed and it became, you know, like uh, everything became much more universal, universally appealing. Um, then all of a sudden, more, uh, more diverse crowds started coming in. And that's what, you know, kind of made a lot of them kind of hostile in a really, really stupid way. So um, that's something that I'm glad to see isn't, uh, isn't as big a thing these days. I'm hoping that it continues to, um, with, you know, you know, dilute itself more and more and more because um, one of the one of the great things about you know about this about geek culture and everything is how inviting it's supposed to be, and too many people don't really see that. Um, hmm. You know, especially because like they're not celebrating the the actual they're not celebrating what the stories that they love so much are trying to tell them. So. It's a, it's a, it's a shame, but at the same time, I think you, you would definitely enjoy, um, you know, going to, going to some conventions and I'm sure that, uh, you'll get quite a few compliments on the, Lara, um, on the Lara Croft one as well. So, um, Interesting. yeah, yeah. This, wow. Uh, it sounds it, intense. <laughs> well, it, 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 it can be if you allow yourself to kind of, you know, get sucked up into that. If you're just going there to have a good time, you're going to have a good time. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's. Um, you know, too many people kind of let that kind of toxicity kind of get to them. But you get, as I'm sure you, I'm sure you know, you can find to- toxicity everywhere. You know, it's uh, just a matter of you know whether or not you choose to actually dwell in it. And um, the less people that you know that, that tend to uh, voluntarily dwell in it, the better off everyone will be. So um, that's that's my own. You know, that's, that's, I'm Ken Brockman and that's my two cents, you know, um, just anyway, you know, like, uh, noted. yeah, let me, let noted. me, uh, let me step, let me step off my soapbox for, for just a second and, and allow you back on. So, uh, so, um, tell us what you're currently working on. You know, like you've had this journey, you've had this, you know, great, uh, journey with art that's, you know, it's been over 10 years and, what is uh, what's your what is it that you want to continue to be? What is it that you want to um, continue to do? Because no one no one's ever really satisfied with where they are. Everyone's trying to get better in some way. Um, so what is it that you what is it that you want to be like the next step for you and for your art? Well, I am deep into research and development for my next art series. And I've, I've been doing a lot of research and writing and reading, and I really try to build a strong foundation. And there's a lot of back 
back-end work that goes into a painting or a series of paintings. So I'm really taking my time and I'm being, being very careful and precious about the work that I put out now um, because I want it to be my best and I want it to be everything that that I want to say and that everything that I am up until now. So I'm creating uh, my own my own story and I I love the idea of universe and owning one's own um, style and and just um, that's what I'm working on now so I don't know exactly when it's gonna come out mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm developing my own my own world per se that's awesome that's awesome. Which I've never have, done before. <laughs> so it's it's almost like it's almost like what you're doing is like you, it's almost like you're taking a page from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is also a Disney, you know, a, a Disney property. Yeah, now it is. Yeah. And uh, you're basically just kind of like creating a basically like almost like a shared universe kind of thing, like with you know yeah. with your art, almost like a that's that's actually really brilliant. I love I love that concept, and you know just the fact that you. Um, so it's basically going to be like, you know, different paintings that, um, that are kind of like in this shared universe that you're in the process of researching right now. Is that? That's, that's right. I, I want, I want my work to be pure. I'm a purist. I want it to be pure and I want it to be honest and to be the best I know and the best I can do. And I want it to belong to its own collection. And so I, I, in, in diving into my favorite kind of styles, I like to paint in my color palette. I want it to belong to its own world, so I am I am in the process of um, storyline even and uh, character work, and really? it's 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 a monster that I have never taken on before, and it is so big, and but it's been I mean perhaps it's been following me around my entire life. I just haven't had the courage to pursue it until now. Wow. So it's, it's almost like, um, it's basically like you're introducing characters in one art form that you can potentially kind of explore in other art forms, you know, in the future, yeah. maybe. Yes, uh, precisely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. To pursue various touch points and, uh, yeah, just for it to be a versatile a versatile thing because I, I love to paint, but there are other art styles as well that I want it to lend itself to. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that's so cool. It's, it, it, um, and, uh, you know, just, it's, it's almost like how, you know, you know, like the matrix did it, you know, how they had the, they had the movies, but they also had, um, they also had the animatrix and they had, uh, the role-playing game and then they had the big, um, the other, you know, the other, you know, game that was, that was spanning like, you know, years in the making and just kind of creating a universe in, in a sense, like with, in a multimedia universe where, you know, like all different elements where you would go to in order to get the whole story. It's, um, so it's kind of like you're. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so this, this is a, this is a, an amazing project that you have, that you have in the works right now. So. Um, as, um, for my listeners, um, I'm sure that, you know, that, uh, hopefully there'll be some listeners that are just kind of thinking about wanting to get into, into art, wanting to get into painting, but aren't really sure exactly how to do it. 
Um, what what kind of tips would you have for someone who um, has seen your work, has been inspired by your work, um, but isn't sure exactly how to take that next step? What would you have to say to them? I would say, first off, to pay attention to the things that you like and you love throughout your entire life. I think that going back to your childhood, as I do all the time, um, uh, is extremely important. Um, the past is such a teller of so many things. So I think that um, just trying to remember what are the things that made you feel alive when you're a child uh, through play, through taste, through color. And you'll find that a lot of the time it's, it's what you, what you would like now as well. So just to, to honor the past and to, to just uh, be patient with yourself. If you're trying to draw or write or do photography, um, just to try to find play within it rather than constrict too much with rules and comparisons with other artists, how it should be. Because as you're developing your own style, uh, the beauty of it is it's is it's yours, even though it may be influenced by many different things. Um, I guess just just allow yourself the time to play, the time to explore, and uh, be gentle on yourself. It would be my advice. Yes, that's uh, that's definitely something that all artists really need to remember is to be gentle on ourselves because we are the ones that we have the tendency to beat up the most. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, I do every day. <laughs> I yeah. do it every, I have to remind myself of that every day because yeah, I'm incredibly a critical, uh, self-critical. Yeah. I, I'm, I I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And, uh, really, <laughs> Oh, it's only this year really that I've, dis that I've decided to, you know, stop doing that because I felt like it was not doing me any favors. I mentioned this, uh, I mentioned this earlier at, uh, I mentioned this before, just saying that uh, that what Tony uh, Tony Robbins said: claim who you are, claim who God brought you here to be, and said like um, what what was it that he said? I don't know what religion you follow, but I know that that uh, I I definitely know that um, that a higher power did not create you so you could give yourself all these different limitations. And so when I heard that, I was just like, yeah, that's that's pretty much it right there. So, um, so yeah, I feel, so that, I, I feel that most people come to that. I yeah. sometimes they come to it too late though. I feel most people come to that too late because it's a lot of work to try to yeah. be yourself because there's so many different influences and we get so busy and inundated and we should be like this or we should be like that. Um, and so I think that people, people who are more so fully themselves have put in a lot of work and surround mm -hmm. themselves with, like-minded people in my experience anyways that's what i've observed just to uh to wrap up where can where can our listeners find you oh um well you can find me on twitter uh at lisa rosa pens that's p-e-n-z for american mm -hmm. listeners z for canadian yep. listeners <laughs> <laughs> and um and then on instagram it's just lisa pens Excellent. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, this is, this has been, uh, this has been a terrific conversation. Thank you so much for being a part of it. And just, uh, just as, as Lisa did, she decided to follow her passion 
And so all I ask for all of you listeners is that you do the same for yourself. Ask yourself, what is it that drives you into wanting to get yourself out there? And when you get yourself out there, just like what uh, Tony Robbins said, claim who you are. So um, don't put yourself out there and then shrivel up. I've done that way too many times. That's not helpful. Put yourself out there. Let the world know that you are here, that you matter. And that's what, that's what Lisa has done with her work. And that's what hopefully I continue to do with, with, uh, with my writing. And I hope that's what all of you continue to do with whatever it is that follows, that drives you, what that, uh, that ignites your passion. So uh, please keep that in mind as we continue on with these Excelsior journeys. And for Lisa Penns, this is George Soroy saying to you, ever upward. <laughs>